Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast, where we go in-depth with practical ways for you to pray, vote, and engage. Today we are joined by Bianca Gracia and Dr. Ray Gonzalez. Bianca is a political activist, leader, and Christians Engage board member, and Dr. Ray is a former congressional candidate. They will be discussing how Christians can engage the Latino community with biblical values and principles. Hey, everybody, it's Bunny Pounds here with another edition of our Conversations with Christians Engaged. Man, we're in summer, guys. It's crazy. I can't believe we're in summer already. Kids are getting out of school and things are happening around Texas, and we've got a busy summer. Um, We're going to be all over Texas. Uh, We're going to be this weekend in Jacksonville at the Tomato Festival. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be at a youth summit. We've got uh, speaking engagements in churches all this summer. Super excited to be out. And we're starting um, on-ramp to political activism classes around the state. So go to our website and check that out. We will be with a full seven hour seminar in Victoria, Texas on July 31st and August 21st will be in Corpus Christi at the Journey Church. And these seminars are gonna be awesome. We've got ones that we're working on for McKinney, Tyler, Fort Worth, Dallas. So get ready. Um, We're hoping to be in your area and would love to see you as we go through the summer and fall. So super excited to have two of my dear friends with us today as we're gonna talk about Latinos, Hispanics in Texas, voting patterns. We're going to talk about family values. We're going to talk about what people should care about as it relates to political activity in Texas. And I'm super excited to have my friend Bianca Gracia with me, who is on our board of directors for Christians Engage. Bianca is also the president of Latinos for America First. She has an active grassroots leader. Um, Nobody works harder in Texas than Bianca. Bianca, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Bunny. It's always a pleasure. I love uh, waking up and coming on these podcasts with you. (laughs) Woohoo! And then I have another dear friend, Dr. Ray Gonzalez. Um, Dr. Ray is a lawyer, a practicing lawyer, who also has a medical degree. We love to call him Dr. Ray. Um, He's also a former congressional candidate in Texas 34, been politically involved for years. Uh, Very few people can articulate um, our biblical values better than Dr. Ray. And I just have just, uh, I just want to honor him for his hard work and service and everything he's done. And thank you, Dr. Ray, for joining us. What an honor to be with you. We've uh, gone back so many times, uh, so many years as far as being in the same fight. I'm so glad to be with you this morning in this podcast. Woohoo! Well, we're excited to have you. Um, okay, well, we're, I'm just going to dive in. I want to hear a little bit of y'all's stories, and then we're going to talk um, for people about voting patterns. We're seeing an increase in Latino and Hispanic voting pattern changes. Um Nationally, the, the the statistics that I'm seeing is 4% more of Latino voters nationally are voting more conservative. They're voting uh, biblical values. They're voting for pro-life candidates. Things are shifting in that aspect. And um, again, we're a 501c3 nonpartisan nonprofit ministry. We don't endorse candidates or political parties. 
Um, but we want to talk about some of these changes and how Christians that are Hispanic should be voting for family values. So Bianca, tell us a little bit about your story, how you got politically involved and why you specifically love to focus on Latinos in Texas. So, uh, Bunny, you know, um, you, well, I know, you know, but maybe the, the rest of people, if they haven't heard, um, and, and I love it that I'm on here with Dr. Ray, because going back to when I really got politically active, that's when I met Dr. Ray. I met him at a, at a pastoral breakfast that I hosted in, um, in the Rio Grande Valley. And we had a, a little bit of over a hundred pastors that came, uh, to listen to the message of, you know, our biblical values and about us being politically active and really just educating our Hispanic, um, Hispanic evangelicals on they, they've been so accustomed to separate the church and state, right? And they don't get involved in politics. They don't get involved in a whole lot of other things. They just kind of stay in their lane. And um, I went in and, and it was very important to talk about the, the, that pop politics affects all of our lives, even our church life and all of our lives at home. And I was, you know, adamant and persistent about saying we need to be more active in our communities because our communities are suffering. They're suffering with drug addiction, um, human trafficking, um, you know, all of the so socioeconomic problems, um, just poverty, everything that you can think of our communities are suffering and the politics around our communities is what affects these, these things. And so crime, it affects everything. So I tried to tell the pastors, listen, we have to put God first and you have to, um, you know, vote biblical conservative values that reflect what the Bible tells us is how we're supposed to be applying our lives to, you know, within our community. So it's great to be on with Dr. Ray because that's how I met him in, in, in the pastoral breakfast that we had. And, and um, he knew the, my passion at the time and I got involved. I was just a stay home mom, but I got involved mainly for, uh, for law enforcement, veterans, and senior citizens. That's really what kind of drove me to get politically involved at the beginning, not knowing that God had opened the door to lead me into a spiritual revival of politics is what he got me into. So it's, it's, I'm in mixing the both. It's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough, but, but it's, but it's important because at the end of the day, it's not really the politics. It's about my love for the Lord and um, and growing closer to Jesus Christ as I walk in this, um, it, it, you know, during my road. So that's really kind of a little bit about how it started. And that's how, again, that's why the Hispanic community is so important. It's all about education, buddy. It's just yeah. educating them. My, my job has never been to go and tell them that they're one party or another. My job has been to tell them, this is what this party stands for. This is what this party stands for. These are the platforms. At the end of the day, I want our Hispanic community to vote accordingly to our, what our cultural is, you know, what our principles and values are. And I want them I've always told them, I don't want anybody to think, and I don't know if I can say this word, but I don't, I don't want anybody to ever take advantage of our communities and think that we're not smart enough to vote correctly. 
But if we don't educate them and have conversations with them, they'll never know. They'll just either vote traditionally how they voted, or they'll never think outside. They'll, they'll never go in and, and, and see that there's anything other options if, if we don't talk to them. But it's always that's so the important. Yeah, that's so important. And that's what we're doing with Christians Engage is just basic civic government education. You know, mm-hmm. people don't understand what a precinct is. They don't know what a convention is. They don't know about platforms. They don't know what actually the political parties believe. All they understand is what's in the news that day and what people tell them. Um, and so getting people educated on that so they can make wise decisions with discernment as yes. Christians. Yeah. So extremely important. So thank you so much, Bianca. Dr. Ray, I mean, you ran for Congress. Like I've done that. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting adventure, as you know. Um, and I really, when I hear you speak and when I heard you on the campaign trail, there's very few people that can articulate um, the Bible and biblical values like you do. What motivates you to do that? And what motivates you to get out there and educate people on, on that? Well, um, it has to be <laughs> at the very at, at the very base of what w- of what motivates us to do anything. It's our love for the Lord, uh, and so we we are pushed, we are motivated, we're we're sometimes disappointed when we look around and we see some folks that um, want to get engaged and and want to promote um, and, and live out their their Christian lives, be salt and light, and don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so when I met Bianca at that first meeting that she was just referring to, I was surprised when I walked in, I saw so many pastors. I said, wow, fantastic. Um, because what we're seeing is that the church is waking up uh, these leaders that for a long time have been content with uh, having a flock within the four corners, um, four walls of their church, um, living out a Christian life while they're at church, um, have kind of started to feel a little discontent with seeing a disconnect between what's happening inside the church and what's happening in our in our community. And so when I when I went there and I saw I heard Bianca talk to them, um, I said, "Wow, this is exactly what we need. This is we've been trying to push this. Um, there's been a little bit of a gentle resistance against um, the church being involved to the extent of 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 teaching just how what we're learning in Sunday school correlates or can correlate with how we vote, mm-hmm. um, and yet we see yes. all these." pastors engaged and so it got me very excited um it was during the first time that i was uh running uh for congress in the 34th congressional district um which includes a a large portion of the rio grande valley but also as the map stands today um extends into central texas um we don't know just how that's going to work out going forward after redistricting but um we're confident that the latino majority portion of um, of this district uh, has shifted, has come about um, from a position of uh, I separate my values that I learn and talk about at church from the way I vote to a wait a minute, there must be some link here. Um, we're just so happy to have been to have played a small part um, in in that coming about. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's um, great. And Bianca, I mean you're. 
you are again out there in communities all over Texas all the time. You're in Pasadena and Dr. Ray's down in the Valley. Um, and, and you speak on the radio. I know you're on Corpus Christi every Monday morning with uh, Bob Jones on the radio. What is one of the most, what is your one of your most reoccurring messages that you're talking to citizens out there about prayer voting and engagement that has seemed to resonate with the community? I, oh, there's, there's many. I mean, I think the the messaging is, is, it's, um, you know, our, our new uh, motto or logo, not logo, but our new saying within our movement is that the Hispanic community must stand up, stand out because we're the movement of the people. And, um, and that's kind of what I'm preaching now is like, don't be afraid, you know, don't stay in your four walls. It's been, a, it's been a process with the pastors um, and, and Dr. Ray knows this. He's right. They, they would separate the two. And now I've, I'm so proud of them because they've become more active, not for the party system, but active in educating their own congregations about what's at stake. Um, about, you know, coming, uh, uh, you know, a government coming against our family, our nuclear family, a government that's trying to come against the, the, you know, uh, a life, you know, the sanctity of life, our religious liberties. And so they needed to be um, uh, educated about those things. And that's, that's what I think is, like I said, at the end of the day, I want our Hispanic community to be educated because we, this is what I always say, we, almost most, almost most Hispanics, I would say 99, 98% of our Hispanic communities, when you walk into their home, they're either, they, they have a Bible, a crucifix, uh, a Virgin Mary, they'll have a saint, they'll have something that represents their faith, right, in their home. We're yeah. very faithful people. Yes. And, um, and so, I think that that's, that's really what I think I continuously say that, you know, we have to be, when you get in, in, involved in any political process at all, you have to remember that we need to, um, it's, it's so, how can I say it? When, you, when they're, you, they have to remember that God comes first and we don't idolize the flesh and we're never to idolize politicians. We're to we we can educate, support, you know, uh, endorse them, all kinds of things, right? We can do all those things, but we have to remember at the end of the day that God comes first, and yes. we don't idolize people. But we uh, what we do advocate for is the very core principles that we as Christians believe that we um, stand up and stand out for. And one that's what I think, yeah, that's what, go ahead, Dr. Ray. One of the ways that I've been able to share that very idea is to share the story. And I also have been, I didn't tell you a little bit about my background. Um, born raised in the Rio Grande Valley. My parents are pastors, have been pastors all my life. Um, and so I've grown up in the church. I have been surrounded by this um, interplay between politics and the church and my values all my life. And so when I left medical school and then after that law school, I looked around and I said, well, why aren't more people engaged? Um, and so I had a chance to get involved and I've been invited to speak in many churches. Many of the pastors of these churches have known my parents since I was a child. And so there was a sense of ease when it came to inviting this 
this young doctor, young lawyer um, to stand behind the pulpit and to speak uh, a little bit about Christian principles. One of the things that I shared when I'm behind the pulpit and I'm speaking to the um, to, to Christians, asking them to get engaged, is I share with them the the, the story of um, Amy Coney Barrett when she first appeared before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and Senator Feinstein looked down upon looked down to her from her. Uh, from, from the dais and told her, see, the problem I have with you is not so much that you're a Christian. And it's, it's that your Christianity is so loud. Wow. The, the yes. words she used were the dogma lives loudly in you. I remember watching that uh, on television thinking, yes, that's exactly how it needs to be. I had a t-shirt made bunny that says, yes, the dogma does live loudly in me. <laughs> That and means God's alive in I, you. And I took it to my Sunday school class that the next morning, the next Sunday, and I shared it with them. And I told them, listen, what this is exactly what happened. And one of my students raised his hands and he said, Isn't that a compliment? Yes, it's a compliment when someone recognizes that Jesus is so important to you that you're you're going to not just live uh, inwardly very uh reserved your your christian values but it's going to be loud it's going to be loud and proud just like some of the other folks that don't think like us are also equally loud and proud that should be that should be a, a compliment if people recognize that in you and so imagine i'm standing behind a pulpit at all these different churches holding this t-shirt up against me here that says the the dogma lives loudly in me right and i tell them listen if if we still live in a country that sacrifices babies on the altar of convenience, mm-hmm. it's because the the dogma has not lived loudly enough in us. Yes, so, amen. Yeah. So, so we good. We 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 preach it. We we teach it. We live it. Um, and and there are some folks that oppose us. Even those that you thought were with us oppose us, kind of roll their eyes when they hear uh, Ray Gonzalez talk about the importance of the sanctity of life. Oh, there he goes again. Couldn't he be just a, you know, just kind of a secular conservative? Why does he have to be such a religious? I'm doing this because of my love for the Lord. Right. I'm moved by and motivated by my faith. So the dogma must live loudly in us. That's, that's the dogma. That's the, that's the theme of our talk. That's so good, Dr. Ray. And and when you're having these conversations, because people, we have to, we have to prioritize the sanctity of life. I mean, it's got to be, I'm not saying be a single issue voter, but if they're not pro-life and they're not to protect babies in the womb, um, that's the basic framework for, you know, whether somebody has wisdom or not as an elected official, if they're not going to protect the sanctity of life, then why would you even vote for them? Seriously. That's right. Um, that's right. So there's some conservatives that say, listen, I, I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative. Fine. So am I, uh, I, I protect the flag and I, I'll, I'm going to stand up and, and salute the flag every time. That, fine. So am I, but I'm going to, I'm, Oh, and then they'll say, but uh, but I'm not so much of a religious person, so I don't really care about those things. Well, I do, I do, and I'm going to talk about it every time I can. I'm going to I'm going to stand up and and defend this the the sanctity of marriage as between one man and one woman for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. Get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. The same yes. guys that you thought were on our team will kind of roll their eyes, throw their hands up in the air, and say, "Oh, there he goes again." If he yes. just wouldn't talk about those things. 
That's so why I, I'm in politics. Yes. Yeah, and then you know what, Dr. Ray, this is great because uh, I think my when Bunny's saying my biggest message, mine was a little, I guess it was a little harsher, and it wasn't yours is that yours is great, and it's perfect, and it should that should resonate within when you're sitting in the church and you hear that. I think I kind of brought like uh, my message to them at the beginning was, church, you are sitting here. And you are basically letting a entity of government, they hold this little carrot of immigration over our heads. And you as a pastor uh, that love the people are, you know, you fight for immigration because these, you know, poor people, but yet you're willing to give up the immigration You know, you're willing to give up abortion issue for the immigration issue. But guess what? I told them flat out from the pulpit. I've said it over and over until you start voting for to save and protect life. None of our people will ever be led to the promised land. Mm. You won't get it. God is never going to reward any of our people. Or give no one's gonna get a paper, no one's gonna get anything because you are voting to murder babies in return of thinking you have or you're going to get some paperwork. Right. And they and I think that alone was like, I mean, I would just take the whole air out of the congregation. But they knew, they they knew. I mean, a doc, I mean, I spoke at one of the churches in 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 Dallas and the pastor said, I got half illegals and half legals in my church. And I said, I'm only, look, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I never know what I'm going to say. I go up there and I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what your message is for this, these people, but I look around the room and I'm like, okay, well, whatever the message is. And that was my message. And I kid you not, the congregation was like, amen. Even the illegals knew. (laughs) They were like, she's right. It's so bad. You know, hey, we can't, have to honor we can't. God first. If you want yeah, God's blessings with you, your immigration application, yes. if you want his blessings, you need to honor him. And so we yes. honor him in many ways. The most important one is to honor him with your life and in, in, in the decisions you make. Uh, one of the constant prayers we have in our Sunday school class, and we end it almost every morning, uh, praying for our country and then asking the Lord to help us to honor him with everything that we say and do. I think the students have have uh, adopted that prayer into their own prayer life. Lord, help me help me honor you with everything I say and do. Um, and yeah. so that that is our prayer. I think and, that message is starting to get across, isn't it? Yes. And that's what the disconnect has been in the church is like, okay, we'll take Jesus to to church. And he'll be a part of our life in church, but he's not going to tell me where to spend my money. He's not going to tell me where to spend my time, where I, what entertainment I need to watch, how I need to vote. All of these areas of our life, we've kept God out of that area. And what we're doing is calling the church to, to make Jesus the center of your life in every area of your life, right? That reminds me of a topic of, of um, a lesson that I, a series that I recently gave, and I used the, the old wagon wheel as a, just kind of a, a 
mental picture. I've, I, I, the, the old wagon wheel's got the hub in the middle. It's got a bunch of spokes out, and, and that was a, that was the main picture. I was using, um, and the, the name of the the lesson series was Christus Primus, First Christ, um, where. For many, even Christians in the church, Christ is not at the center of the wheel. He's not the, the hub. He's at the end of one of the spokes, like everything else in our life, uh, uh, work, uh, school. Um, at, you can imagine that if the, if the center is me, then all the thing, all the aspects of my life are at the end of the spokes. Um, you know, family life, fun life, vacations, and, and all these things. And one of them happens to be Jesus. And I, I was telling them, let us transition. Let's try to find a way to transition from a, a me-centered wheel to a Jesus-centered wheel. And how do we get there? Mm, yes. well, we get there by, you know, learning about him, uh, getting to realize that when he's in the center, life is a lot better. Um, and so I think I finally convinced them that that's where we want to go if we're not there yet. And so the remaining series lessons we're okay. Now that we've convinced you that it's it's better to have Jesus right at the center and not just at the end, not just one of the spoke, one of the aspects of our life, but at the center of our life. How do we get there? It was an interesting lesson. And I think speaking to Christians about that is important because if you speak to you speak to non-Christians about that, I mean you're 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 way you're you're uh you're trying to introduce NBA style tricks to someone who's never seen a basketball, but we're talking yeah. about Christians engaged. We're talking to Christian people who are already in the church and understand our values. Mm -hmm. How then do we translate the, their values to something that's actionable in their life now? Um, and that's what, that's what discipleship's all about, Dr. Ray, right? That's what discipleship's about. That's what Jesus commanded us in Matthew 28 is to go preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've given you. Right. And lo, I'm with you always. You know, the beauty of Jesus's words is that I'm with you as you train, as you disciple the nation. And that's exactly where the church has failed, is we failed to actually disciple people and teach people what the Bible has to say about the issues of our day and why it should matter to our lives. Um, I will open this up to either one of you, but, or both of you, but what, you know, we think typically the Latino community, all they care about is immigration, right? They, Getting to America, yeah. the American dream, et cetera. But there's a whole bunch of kitchen table issues that they care about. Um, and, and that they are, can articulate well, what are those issues, whether it's economic business, what are those issues that they care about that we sometimes don't think about? Well, as a congressional candidate, I went throughout the district and I asked the leaders, what, what are some of the, the priorities so that I could know how to, how to frame my messages as in front of these different communities. Uh, number one was, was immigration. Second was economy. They want to know, you know, am I getting up in the morning every day to, 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 um, to go to work and, you know, try to bring something back for my family that it's, that it's having an impact on my family, not just on a week to week basis, but do I have enough to save up? Um, then, you know, the, the pro-life positions, then the, the sanctity of marriage. But when it comes to, to making it real for families, 
the economy is important. And so yeah. now we're seeing it, right? With the gas going up so high in the last couple of months. Um, yes. Briskets, I don't know if you're into barbecue. Oh, yes. uh, it's out there. My goodness, brisket's going 130 a brisket, a yes. single brisket, 130 bucks. Mm -hmm. And so they're starting to feel it every day. They're starting to ask questions. I get text messages from a friend uh, who I, I hadn't heard from in a long time said, uh, how do I get involved in politics? <laughs> and I say, when's the next meeting they, he has? And so I, I, I'm starting to channel some of these folks who were always interested, but not enough to be engaged. Mm -hmm. um, finally, are starting to come out. Why? Because they're starting to feel the pressure at the pump. And, and you know, that's perfect. And Dr. Ray, um, notice how, because you are at the border all the way up, right? So your district, when you talk to people, their number one issue was immigration because it's what pretty much is at the Southern border. That's always their top priority. But nationally, there was a poll done and immigration came in fifth place. So the number one thing was, um, you know, uh, I believe it was jobs. That's what, you know, you're again talking about the economy. Most, most, it, it, but it's, it, this is what's funny is that it's not just a Hispanic issue. This is an American issue. Uh, most Americans, it doesn't matter what color of skin you are. They care about whether they're going to wake up in the morning, have a job and provide for their family. That is their number one priority. So jobs was their priority. And then life was, you know, the next and education. They, there was things that to the Hispanic community were much more important than immigration nationally because we only feel it down here in Texas because it affects us. But once you get all the way up nationally, it's not so much immigration. It's just maintaining a job and the economy and being able to afford paying the roof over your head, putting clothes on your children, making sure they get to school because most Hispanic families, most of them, they want, the parents always want their kids to be better than what they had. We have all, we've, it's a generational thing. Our parents, right. you know, have been, we go from ultraly poor to poor to more towards the middle class. The number one um, uh, small business owned, uh, uh, growing, okay, of small businesses in the United States was Latino women owned small businesses. That was the fastest growing small businesses, which obviously, you know, was at an all-time level um, uh, before COVID. And our Hispanic community has been hit with that, with lo losing their jobs, the very thing. I mean, I was in, in, in uh, not too long ago in um, the Rio Grande Valley, and I, I can't tell you how many um, small business owners that I was talking to we had, um, you know, events that there, we specifically looked for people to um, generate revenue for them in return for providing a service for us. And, you know, from uh, 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 whether it was a bar, restaurant, um, seafood, play, whatever it was, they were owned by Hispanics. And they've been so busy working, right? Every day, a restaurant business is I mean, they don't, they don't get very much sleep. It's like all the, it's all the time. They got to make sure they got employees. It's a whole operation to, to have a business. Right. Yeah. And so they said, we've never really been involved in politics, but everything that's happened in the past year has affected us. We can't even get people to work. 
because they're, you know, they, they, they've given more unemployment and I'm going, you know, here it is that, you know, you would think that our culture is like, oh yeah, we'll pour us and give us another check and government dependency. But here are small businesses that are Hispanic owned all along the border have suffered because of decisions that were made by politicians. And it didn't, it did, you know, it was all politicians. It didn't so matter what party. the economy that motivates someone like they, yes. in, in the examples you've given, uh, but it's also that safety, right? And so you have to have a safe place to send your, your kids to mm -hmm. get them educated. You mm -hmm. want to know that when you leave your house to go do your grocery shopping and go do whatever it is you need to do, that you're going to come back home that there's a high probability you're going to come back home safely. Mm -hmm. So safety is another issue that uh, yes. brings people out from, and of course, this is not just Latinos. Anyone wants yeah. to be safe. Everyone needs to be safe, right? And so, exactly. someone. And so, when you're asking the question of what are some of the things that we can talk about that can make someone, not just Latinos, but everyone, engage? They're they're already conservative, right? Mm -hmm. These are people that are usually Christians. They're already conservative, but they're just not engaged. Mm -hmm. One of the things is safety. And so, I ran into a border patrolman at a restaurant whose wife had been one of our supporters. I had never had the, the honor of meeting him. I was waiting there to pick up some food and she waved me over. I went over and said, hello, let me introduce you to my husband. I met him here. I said, so how are things going over on the border? Living on the border myself, living uh, in the in the valley, hearing all the stories, I wanted to hear it exactly from him. And so he said, it's lawlessness. Um. It is lawlessness. Um, just this morning, he was telling me, 10 immigrants uh, crossed over. Um, we've got state state guard officials or state state guard national guard no no sorry state guard soldiers uh on the border they walk right in front of them because they know that the state guard can't do anything about can't arrest them or anything walked right in front of them uh no respect at all um, the state guard finally called us as soon as we arrived they scattered it is a it is lawlessness the the cartels are playing us Right. And right. So <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff that'll get people engaged. Well, and, and people don't understand sometimes that, you know, the Hispanics in Texas don't want open borders. I mean, they don't. They don't want open borders. They want to feel safe. They want America to be defended. Right. They want safety for their children. They want school choice. They want the best thing that their family can have. We're not we're not promoting defunding police. We want police. We support them mm -hmm. and we want them to answer the call when we right. dial 911. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and so making people aware that their local government, their county government, their state government, their federal government all plays a role in their life and they need to pay attention to that is what's, I think, really changing the Latino and Hispanic vote around Texas and uh, nationally. So, okay, we've, we're running out of time, but I want to ask y'all one quick question. Favorite Mexican cuisine? Quick, right now. Enchiladas. Bianca. Enchiladas. Enchiladas. Yes, uh, I'm a sucker for cheese enchiladas. There's <laughs> something also new. Uh, it's called a stuffed avocado. It's got some beef. Oh, I love that inside. one too. It's it's very um, high class Mexican food. But if you can get it, try oh, it. it's it's good. I've had it. It's that's also good. Yeah, but I'm a chili relleno girl and a tostada. Yeah, very tostada nice. girl and a chili relleno girl. So good. that's.
that's my go-to uh, Mexican food. So, okay, um, last one sentence motivation for every Hispanic listener out there that's listening to us right now. Um, go, Bianca, one sentence motivation. Pray, love God. Bianca? Ask for, yep, ask, pray. Well, love God, pray, and ask for wisdom in all of what you do every day of your life. And just be an honor, honor and be obedient to the Lord. Did we lose Bunny? Dr. Ray, last motivation. Your values matter at your home, at your church, in the community center, but also at the polls. Make your voice heard. Let your values uh, matter at the polls. Beautiful. Amen. Beautiful. Well, so great to, to be with you guys. Thank you, Bianca, for serving on our board for uh, Christians Engaged. Dr. Ray, thanks for partnering with us everywhere we can. Um, love you so much. Um, we are actively engaging the Hispanic community around Texas. Um, BB is on our board, uh, Center Cruz's cousin. Um, we're going into churches around Texas wherever we can. We have a Spanish website. Our pledge is in Spanish. Um, we've got a lot more to do in this in this realm. And so we are just so thankful for um, all of you guys partnering with us, helping us. And let's go change Texas one heart at a time. Amen. Amen. Education on the Bible. Okay. Amen. Um, Love thank, it, man. thank you guys so Me much. Too. God bless you. you. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is a production of Christians Engaged. We are a nonpartisan nonprofit that exists to awaken, motivate, and educate ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation regularly, vote in every election, and engage our hearts in some form of political activism. To learn more about us, please visit our website at christiansengaged.org. That's christiansengaged.org.